Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today on CityCast Boise, continuing with our Dog Days of Boise series, Jennifer Adkins with the West Valley Humane Society is here to talk to us about the challenges of being a no-kill shelter, why they're running specials on dogs this summer, and how to know if you're ready to become a pet parent. It's Thursday, August 3rd. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise is talking about. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for coming on CityCast Boise. Hi, thanks for having me. So I huge fan of West Valley Humane Society. You do such a wonderful job. And I am on your socials and your websites constantly because I'm always checking the local shelters to look at the, the cute pups. And I love to match make. I love to send pups to people and be like, uh, I know you love a husky. Here's one at West Valley. Uh, but recently I saw a $10 promo for dogs over six months old. Is that special still running? What's going on there? We actually ended that promo last week. We tend to get pretty full in the summer. And that was definitely one of the reasons that prompted us to run that $10 special, um, just to see if we could get some more interest in our dogs to help get dogs um, adopted a little bit more quickly to make room for the influx of dogs coming in. So because you're a no-kill shelter, which means uh, unless an animal is in extremely poor health or something, you guys don't euthanize um, when you're full, then that's so great. But I imagine that does make it hard to keep up with the dogs that need care. It does, especially in the summer months. So like you said, we're no-kill, which means over 90% of the dogs and cats that come into our facility have a live outcome. So they either get transferred out to another rescue, they get adopted, or they get reunited with their original owners. But summertime for shelters is a really, really busy time. We also see lots of puppies being born, being brought in, um, puppies that were from breeders that couldn't sell the the puppies. So sometimes we'll get like the leftover puppies from the litter. Oh. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, they're perfectly wonderful dogs um, and perfectly adoptable. So of course we want to take those dogs in that, that aren't, you know, getting the resources that they need. Um, and of course, strays and try to reunite um, stray dogs with their, with their owners. So we also try to remove barriers for adoption as much as possible. So sometimes cost of adoption um, can be a barrier for families. So, um, so we try to run promotions for, for folks to give everybody an opportunity to come and adopt from us. So you also have a scheduling system for people to meet dogs, which I think is great, but I know I've heard some people complain about. That's where you sign up to visit with a specific dog instead of just going in and meeting every dog. Why do you do that? It was really kind of born out of COVID times. So we had less staff on site at first and fewer dogs coming in. So 
we we kind of switched to an appointment system to just kind of keep in check with that. But what we found was actually higher adoption rates. Um, we found that we had lower return rate rates. So kind of that buyer's remorse a little bit. Um, we saw less of that. Um, and we saw less disease and stress in our dog population. So when we don't have people walking through the kennels continuously, um, our dogs are less stressed out. Adopters had a little bit more time one-on-one with the dogs that they were particularly interested in and get to know them a little bit better before adopting. And so those adoptions stuck. Um, and our staff was able to spend a little bit more time matchmaking with with people that were interested in dogs. Um, so we always are like open to you know, suggesting different dogs. If we feel like maybe it's not a good fit with a particular dog, we will often say, hey, you know, we we have this other dog that you might be interested in too. So we really try to take that time to match make with folks. Well, I I love it. And um, from my own experience, I went, we went to meet uh, a dog that we, it was a, it was a puppy. Um, and we actually, I felt like because of the scheduling um, and the one-on-one, we were able to really see the personality of the puppy instead of it being maybe sort of, uh, I don't know, touched out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like capacity. Yeah. I really appreciated the like one-on-one care that we, that you, that the dog and us as, as pet owners received there too. So you've been kind of at, or near capacity these days, and you've been taking on just about as many dogs as you can. Is that a normal summer thing, or is something else this year different? It's a little bit of both. I think it's just a busy year. COVID really put a wrench in animal sheltering. Um, It changed kind of the course of animal sheltering, so lots of shelters across the country had to change their their operations, change the way that they were um, managing intake coming into the facility. Um, and so I think we're still kind of recovering from that, but also on the flip side, it's summer. <laughs> um, and, and anybody that's been in animal sheltering for a little bit will tell you summer is just a chaotic, busy time for most shelters across the country. So if someone's listening and they want to adopt, but they're not sure, like, oh, am I ready for this giant responsibility of being a dog owner? Like, what would you say to folks who, what should they do to assess whether or not they're ready? Like, what boxes should they tick before they go ahead and do it? Gosh, are you ever really ready to add a family member? <laughs> no. I mean, it's the same thing with babies. Like, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. And it's like, I don't think you're ever really ready to, <laughs> to add a new family member. But I think volunteering is really great. Um, but I always encourage people to just keep an eye on our social media pages, keep an eye on our website um, for those adoptable animals. And if somebody catches your eye, put in an application. There is no there's no harm in at least coming down and meeting with a couple of animals that you might be interested in. And it won't hurt our feelings if you're like, oh, this just isn't right. This isn't the right time. Um, it's not a good fit. Um, like I said, our staff is really looking at matchmaking and really wanting to make the right fit for the right family. So we're never going to judge you for coming down and, and meeting with some animals and then deciding, hmm, I'm not sure that I'm ready for this or I'm not sure that this is the right fit for us. Um, but I always encourage people to do that. Sometimes people enjoy like the temporary um, housing and an animal through fostering too. 
And fosters are something that we desperately need, especially in the summer months um, when we have more of those underage puppies and kittens that aren't quite ready for adoption. We have lots of opportunities for people to kind of get their feet wet um, without the the long-term commitment of of actually adopting. (laughs) (laughs) My husband is just about to find out we're going to be fostering puppies. So everyone say a little prayer for him because I didn't know that was an option. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're always in in need of fosters uh, for puppies and kittens. So um, yeah, I I encourage you, fill out an application. We'll get you, we'll get you rocking and rolling. And we make sure that you have all the supplies you need, all the education on how to take care of them. Um, it's it's really a great way for us to get them out of the shelter because we can't provide that 24-hour care here in the facility. So we really rely on foster parents to kind of step in and help us with those with those animals. Okay, well, let's get some info about some dogs that are at the shelter right now. If people are ready to take on that responsibility, what are some dogs people should check out? Gosh, we have so many great dogs. Um, I will kind of give people a teaser. We we did have some golden doodle puppies dropped off last week. They oh. all were adopted. Um, so those ones are gone, but we do have another litter up and coming. So I'm giving a sneak peek of that. But we have some really great dogs. Um, one that's been with us for quite a while um, is Pelican. Pelican. Okay. I have been watching this dog for my, like like two months, right? He's been there a while. Yeah. He, has, he came in on... Um, you are actually almost exactly on the money. Tomorrow, it will be exactly two months. He is a two-and-a-half-year-old Australian cattle dog mix. He's 68 pounds, so he's a big boy. <laughs> um, and he's he's really a great dog. Um, super, super eager to please. He already knows a couple of tricks, so he knows how to sit, he knows how to shake, and he knows down. So... He is a little bit overweight. Like I said, he's kind of a thick boy <laughs> at 68 pounds. Um, so he could he could um, stand to have a little bit more exercise and a little bit more controlled diet um, in his new um, family. But um, he's just, he's a very happy-go-lucky dog, um, very high energy, really loves um, playing. But he's one that we've had for a while. So we would love to see him get out. And he's just such a handsome lad. Uh, In fact, I want to tell you the photos of the dogs, whoever takes them, amazing. They are glamour shots. They're so cute. So funny. The photos are so fabulous. We are so lucky. We have a volunteer. Her name is Sue. Um, She's with Black Cat Photography. And um, that's the business that she owns. And she donates her time and her skills to making these these animals portraits just beautiful who else do you have who else are you trying to find a home for yeah yeah we're trying to also find um a home for cal l he is a lab mix um and he's about three and a half years old he's beautiful beautiful dog um but he doesn't really get along with small animals so we do um recommend no no other small animals in his home but um, he's a great dog. Um, he's lived in foster homes with other dogs. Um, he likes going on car rides. He loves playing. And we he loves like enrichment activities. So kind of like searching through like those puzzle feeders for, for treats, um, using his nose um, to kind of go exploring. But he's been with us for quite a while too, almost a month. Oh, okay. Well, people might not know that the shelter also has a vet clinic. And I know there's been some really sad cases of Parvo uh, that the veterinarian at the shelter has been dealing with. Can you tell people what is Parvo? I feel like not a ton of people know about this. Yeah, Parvo is a virus that is 
pretty virulent. So, um, and it, it attacks the, the um, dog's GI tract. Um, so it causes severe dehydration um, and malnutrition because they can't keep enough nutrients in them because it goes straight out of them. And it can be deadly. Is that right? It can be very deadly. So sometimes um, even with aggressive treatment, um, it can have, you know, a mortality rate of up to 50%. Oh. So it mostly affects um, puppies or older dogs um, with, you know, lowered immune systems. So puppies especially because they have those immature immune systems. And once they are separated from their mom and are no longer nursing, they're not getting antibodies from their mom. We recommend that as much as it's so much fun to take your new puppy around to dog parks and to, you know, social gatherings to show them off. Um, it's also really hard on those immune systems. And you don't know if that, that virus is living out there and, um, you know, they're, they're, not fully vaccinated until, you know, they've had a couple of boosters. So we always just kind of encourage people go by what your vet says. Um, and um, we also discourage people from buying Parvo vaccines from like D&B or the tractor supply. They are available from there, but we do um, we do recommend that you do it through your vet rather than do it yourself. Can I ask you, this is, I, I don't know how serious this is, but it's just something I just heard about uh, that I'd never heard about. And I need to know more. Dogs can get a swimmer's tail. Can you tell me what that is? And, and should we be worried? Swimmer's tail is when a dog kind of overdoes it, um, usually by um, swimming in either a lake or a river. Um, wow. It's basically from overdoing it. So they get too rambunctious in the water um, and it causes injury to their tail. Over the years, I've seen people come in. They're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what happened. But I think my dog either broke his tail or broke his back because his tail is literally just hanging there um, and he can't move it. Um, and you'll, you know, you'll do x-rays in the whole, the whole nine yards and figure out that it's just like a muscle strain. So, <laughs> um, so some dogs tend to kind of overdo it, um, with their summer activities. Um, so we, it's not something to necessarily like worry about, um, but it's something to be aware of. Um, that's not to say don't take them into the vet. They absolutely should go into the vet to have it evaluated. Um, they can sometimes be put on, you know, steroids or anti-inflammatories to kind of help bring down some of that inflammation um, and soreness and, um, you know, just rest up and, and get through that. Not to tattle on you, but my producer did just message me that turns out you're you say you're more of a cat person yourself. Uh, excuse. Uh, we're not playing favorites over here, but have you ever had a cat that acts more like a dog or do you just love a cat's cat? <laughs> oh, man. Well, so I I love I love cats. I've always been a cat lady ever since I was, you know, very, very young. Um, I actually adopted my first cat from Idaho Humane Society in Boise Aww. when I was seven years old. So and that was after years of begging my parents for a cat. I just, for some reason, always been a cat person, but um, I would say, and I, I think my husband would agree that we also have cats in our home that quote unquote act like dogs, but really that's just a very well socialized cat. Um, I think, I think the misconception with cats is that they're aloof and um, kind of not friendly and, and just kind of um, stick to themselves, but a well-socialized cat um, is going to be a friendly cat and cuddly and um, just as responsive. Um, I know in my home, we have cats that are like obnoxiously friendly. 
I want to be like in your business, in your lap. We'll talk to you. We'll like, you know, want pets and attention all the time. So lots of cats are, are very friendly and socialized and, um, and will act more like a dog. Good reminder for people who are listening who are like, well, I'm not actually a dog person that you have tons of gorgeous. <laughs> I always look at the cats, too, even though I'm allergic and I can't have one. I love cats also. Um, well, the series we're doing, The Dog Days of Boise, is all about whether or not the Treasure Valley is a good place for dogs. And I know other states send their dogs to go up for adoption at shelters here, which tells me that we really are a very dog-friendly culture. What do you think? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, our adoption rates are higher than a lot of shelters throughout the country. Lots of shelters from um, like Texas, California, Louisiana, they love to send their dogs to us because they get adopted quickly here. The Treasure Valley and and Idaho in general is certainly a very dog-friendly community. Um, I think we have a lot of dog-friendly housing options for people. Um, and I think that's going to continue to get better as as the industry is kind of moving in that direction, um, you know, getting rid of those bully breed restrictions for for places um, will help with that too. Um, affordable housing and um, kind of opening up options for people with dogs in their homes, I think will will continue to help that. But it's a very dog friendly area to live in. Um, I know there's lots of dog friendly places for people to go. Lots of dog parks, lots of, you know, breweries that, that, you know, have the open patios for pets too. So, um, so I think we'll continue to see that trend in that direction. Well, um, anything else you want to add? This has been such a great conversation. Uh, I could sit and talk dogs with you all day. Oh, thank you. Well, I could too. I mean, this is like, (laughs) what I love to do is talk about dogs and cats all day, but I think just, you know, getting the word out that, um, even if we're out of sight and out of mind, like we, we still always need help. So um, anyone that's, you know, wanting to help, adoption is not the only answer. Um, there's lots of other ways to support us or other animal shelters or rescues in your area. Um, so you can always donate. Um, we're always in need of um, both, you know, monetary donations, but also um, in-kind donations. So supplies especially in the summer months, um, you know, getting things like puppy and kitten formula, blankets, bottles, um, puppy food, kitten food, those types of things can be really, really helpful. Um, Donating your time. So either coming in and volunteering. um, And we have lots of job opportunities for volunteers. So it's not just cleaning kennels or just doing dishes. We also have a lot of things like walking dogs or reading to the cats, or um, sometimes we have like off hands things too, you know, people that don't feel comfortable being interactive with the animals themselves. We still have opportunities like, you know, folding laundry or um, building enrichment um, treats and activities for our animals. Um, So lots of, lots of opportunities there. Um, Donating your time or your home to an animal in need by fostering is another great way to help support us. So, and just getting the word out. So sharing, you know, continuing to look at our social media, share our social media posts with your friends and family. Um, Cause like you said, you never know when somebody might be looking for that perfect fit. All right, Jen, thank you so much for coming on and we just love you and we love West Valley and everything you do. Thank you so much for supporting the pets in our community. Thank you. Thank you. 
And if you're looking for other fun ways to support the animals at West Valley Humane Society, mark your calendar for October 9th. The first annual Kelly Cantrell Furball Gala and Fundraiser will be held at the Nampa Civic Center. You can find out more information about how to become a sponsor or attend the Furball at westvalleyhumanesociety.org. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, send us a photo of your dog. We're featuring the dogs of Boise in our Hey Boise newsletter and on our website all month long, and we'd love to meet your pup. Send them to boise at citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with your weekly news roundup. Bye. Bye.